Hey, this is me, Asi Robots, and we're back to another super exciting, super fun episode of World's Famous. This time out, we're going to do a top five. We're going to talk, talk about, about bugs. bugs. We're going to open up a He-Man. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic, but until we get to that great stuff, Grandmaster Grandpa, happy. OKIC-Robot,All-You-Party-People-Hit-The-Floor-And-Show-Me-How-You-Shake-That-Backside. Hey guys, this is me, Asi Robots. Uh, welcome to another super fun episode of World's Famous. I already said that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off a little bit different. I have I have a story. The story uh, that I'm gonna tell in the upcoming moments really really moved me. The other the other week I was in my backyard, just kind of you know poking around, doing whatever, trimming things, watering things, you know the the typical backyard kind of stuff. And I was looking around in in this fennel. I was trying to. I was trying to see where the base was because I want I wanted to water this fennel. And when I was when I was in there, I saw a little small, like really bright green fat caterpillar. And I was like, oh, that is so cool! What a what a neat sighting. So I kind of you know I tucked everything back in there and I, I left it on its own and went about to do my thing. Then a few days later, I, I came back outside and they said, let me let me look at that fennel and see if that uh, caterpillar is still there. And then I, I looked inside and sadly the caterpillar was dead and it was being eaten by ants. And it was. It was very traumatic. It was very horrible. And then when I when I was out there again a few days later, I saw another caterpillar the exact size and shape. And I decided, you know, I'm going to be a little more proactive about this. So I went on, on the online and I saw that it's like totally normal and fine to like try to raise caterpillars into butterflies in your house. People do it all the time. I myself have never done it, but I decided I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. And they recommended like just to snip the branch that the caterpillars on and then bring similar branches of, of the same plant because that's that's what they do. They move into the kind of plant that like they eat. So you bring more of it so they can eat it, and you put it, you put it inside of a like a container. So I had a container that was that was fine. It was a Tupperware, but I went to the pet shop and I got uh, like a fish tank, like a plastic fish tank with with like a vented lid and stuff, and it kind of like opens a little hatch on the top. I got I got that for him, and I put it all on the inside. I I was pretty excited. I'm not even gonna lie. He was green. He was fat. He was weird looking and super. Super duper cool, and I, I put him inside there. I was, I was a little worried. I didn't, I didn't want him to die. I didn't want to be the cause of his death. So I did my best to like, I squirted him with a little squirter, and I, I changed his uh, leaves and stuff. And he seemed pretty happy. He was like, he was going about his business, and like, basically what they do is they eat and they poop, and they eat and they poop, and they eat and they poop, and they walk across the leaves, and they eat all the leaves, and then they poop out all the, all the leaves. And I had to change him every couple days, and it was. It was kind of fun. I got to see him. He had these little these little antennas on the top of his head, and and I read he was a he was a black swallowtail uh, caterpillar. You can you can look that up. See what they they look like. Very cool. Very neat. And he had these um these antennas that came out of his head. And when he got angry, they they come out further and they emit this smell. And I I, I kind of wanted to see what what that was about. So I I sort of looked in at him, and he saw my face. And he popped out his antennas, and I could smell like this little fart. It was like he made this little little fart, and I I decided to put him over. So I kind of I ducked back, like it's okay, boy. I don't I don't I don't want to mess around. And he he went back about a business, and it, it, it was all good. But um, then a few days later, I I would check on him every day. Of course, I would check on him, take care of him, because I I did not want him to die in my care. I would have felt terrible. So I checked on him again a few days later. And he had transformed into a into a chrysalis. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my God, he's like a little uh, little cocoon hanging there. He looked like a 
like a bean pod, sort of like a, like a snap pea, and he was hanging there on on the top of the cage, and it was really it was really cool. I didn't I didn't know what to do. I read that you just kind of just kind of leave him alone. You kind of keep an eye on him as long, as long as they don't change into like this really dark black color. They're they're probably fine. And he was he was a chrysalis for maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks around around that time. And then this morning, the wife got up ahead of me and she went to the bathroom. That's where we kept him by the by the bathroom window. It's very nice sunny place he he seemed to like it a lot she she went to the the restroom in the morning to like you know brush her teeth or whatever and she yelled out oh my gosh he's a butterfly and i couldn't believe it i jumped out of bed i ran in there and inside the cage was this beautiful black butterfly it was amazing i had read previously that when he turns into a butterfly you want to get him outside quickly so they can mate they don't have very long lifespans you want to make sure they get the chance to mate so i took him I took him in the cage, and this there was this amazing moment. The the wife opened up the little hatch on the top, and he he crawled out. He crawled out of the cage onto her finger, and he spread his wings out. He spread his wings, and they were they were just they were gorgeous. They were black with like yellow stripes, and he had like these two uh, these two red and blue markings on, on the back of his wings, which I would imagine kind of kind of give the predator that might be looking for him an idea that like these are eyes or whatever like eyes in the back of his head he was he was gorgeous his body was black and white black and yellow striped rather like a, like a bumblebee and he he was just beautiful man it was moving to see him to see this uh green thing turn into this black thing it was it was uh it was just amazing and he sat there on her finger for a few minutes and his wings were kind of they were kind of, they weren't fluttering about. They would go in a little bit and out. And he was just kind of, he seemed like he was struggling. So we decided, let's put him back in the cage. I had read that it can take up to two hours after birth for the blood flow to get into the wings so that they can float away. So I put him I put him back inside and he went to sitting back on his branch where he was sitting before. And then, you know, I waited. We ate breakfast, read the paper, sat around. And he looked... He looked like he was starting to get more more lively, like he was moving his wings around. He was moving his wings, so we decided to try and take him outside again and see what would happen. So we took him out, opened up the hatch, and he crawled out on, onto her finger again. And she held her finger up and said, It's okay. It's time to go. And he started to float. He floated around. He's fluttering his wings. He flew a circle around us, like he floated in a circle all the way around us, and then he kind of floated up a little bit. And he flew away. It was an amazing moment. We screamed goodbye, goodbye as he was as he was going. And it's just, I, I can't express to you how moving this whole thing was to me. I saw him be a little grub and then I saw him be like a big butterfly. And then he flew off away. He flew off away and I hope that he has a good life. I hope that he can do it all on his own. I hope that he succeeds in his mating. I hope everything goes great. I hope he gets lots of dates. He's very pretty. So he might get a lot of dates. I hope that that works out. I, I wish him all the best. It was really though... Just a fantastically moving experience. It, it, it almost brought me to tears watching him fly away. I couldn't believe that that the whole thing just worked out because the whole time I was really nervous that it wasn't going to work out as well as I wanted it to and that he might die. And I read that, like, for the most part, caterpillars don't make it into butterflies. They say the chances of making a butterfly are very, very, very low. So I didn't, I didn't have super high hopes. And the fact that he turned into a butterfly and he flew away before my eyes was... It was amazing. He was on my wife's finger for so long. He was just sitting there, just looking around. He was looking right, in, right into her face, like he was imprint, imprinting the image of his mother. It was just, it was beautiful, dude. Just amazing. Nature is fantastic. I can't even imagine what was going in inside, 
inside the chrysalis. How did this green thing turn into this beautiful black thing? It was just, just amazing. At, at any rate, let's, uh, I just wanted to share with you guys. Nature is amazing. I had an amazing experience that I was moved. I was moved to, to my, my soul. This, this is me. I see robots. robots. Let's, let's move let's forward. World's famous. World's famous. World's famous. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. E-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's right, that's me. I'm that guy. I sold Kaldor, that acid, and he dropped it on his face, and the dum-dum became Skeletor. The the wife has been out of town for the past week or so. She's been visiting family in Mexico City, which is which is all fun. It's all good. It's nice to be on your own for a while. Nice to do your own thing. Nice to chill around the house. Watch your own shows. Do exactly what you want. And when she was en route from Mexico City back to the good old U.S. of A., she saw a toy shop inside the Mexico City airport, and she picked me up what I have right here in my hand right now. It's a very surprising gift, and I was very, very happy to have it. This is the Motu Retro Snout Spout. Snout Spout is this super wacky, super fun character. Dude is basically like an elephant who can squirt water out of his trunk. He's like... He acts as sort of like the fireman for the uh, the whole Eternian situation. This is this is the deluxe figure. He's on a Spanish card, which is pretty, which is pretty neat. It says Poder Retro Snout Spout. All the all the character on the back are called Guerreros Heroicos or La Horda, the Horde, or Guerreros Amados, the evil villains. What a what a fun thing to have! I'm really excited about this. The, I, I I haven't seen these in in the United States yet. I don't know if they're available by and large, but they're definitely not available at my Target, and they're definitely not available at Wal my Walmart. And I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of the fools on the online posting how they have these yet. So I'm I'm kind of kind of thinking this might be a little uncommon, might be a little fun. So I'm happy to have it. This was. This was one of them out of this series I was I was gonna buy. They're also releasing a two pack, a three pack, I believe, of the of the Rulers of the Sun, where you're gonna get Pigman, some sumo guy, and then also the the great Sun Man. I believe that's gonna be a Target exclusive. But outside of that, Snout Spout was the guy that I wanted the most. Before we get like too deeply into this, let's let's find out what there is to find out about our guy Snout Spout. Snout Spout is a fictional character in the popular Masters of the Universe franchise. He is a cyborg with a human body and a metal elephant head. He serves the heroic warriors as a firefighter, his main power being to spray jets of water from his trunk stored in a special pack on his back, which he refills periodically from rivers and lakes. When I was a young sprat, I honestly don't recall seeing Snout Spout on the shelves. He came out toward the end of um, the Motu cartoon, the He-Man cartoon, and I believe he was actually factually featured on She-Ra a few times, and then maybe like one time in the, uh, I remember seeing him in the, what was it, the He-Man Christmas special, where, where he like puts the Christmas tree out, like trees on fire, or something Something like that, but I never, I never had Snout Spout when I was a kid. I did at one point as a, as an adult collector have a Snout Spout, but I, I sold him at a bunch of other Motus at one point when I thought that I was out of Motus. He was, he was in pretty crummy shape. I got him in, in the big, uh, dig hall 
the big dig haul from uh, one of the gals there found a big giant bag full of Motus. Let me pick through it. I got like Scareglow, King Randor, all kinds of all kinds of other cool ones like that. And Snout Spot was part of that part of that big score. But at one point, I sold all those off. I I just thought like I don't know, man. I can't collect everything all at once. And there you go. Now I'm now I'm back in Motu again. That was. That was definitely a mistake. I think that I undervalued how much I played with Motus as a kid. They were, they were like in my imaginary superhero world as big as uh, GI Joe. I had like, I had a lot more Joes, but I definitely had a lot of He-Mans. I was into it. I had Castle Grayskull. I had all that fun stuff, and I, I guess I, I forgot, and then I sold everything off. But let's, let's take a look at what we have here. Snoutspout is on a on a card, plastic card. He has his backpack on the side, and he has a he has an alternate head, a more uh, a more cartoon accurate head. He's one of the he's one of the deluxe series, so you get a bit more than just a figure. He he cost around twenty bucks, even in the Mexican airport at the Mexico City airport. I I expected that the wife would have had to have paid a fortune because a lot of times when you're in Mexico, things are very cheap, but things that are imported from the United States are much 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 more expensive. American toys. Things of that sort, but then when you're when you're out and about, you can find very essential things like food, and all these things are like dirt cheap. But all this American junk, way more expensive. Snout Spout is held on here by a couple little uh, couple little plastic tabs that we're gonna we're gonna cut off. These are these are congratulations to the Vidal Sassoon scissors coming through in a pinch and snipping these off right here. It's coming off fairly easily. I imagine you hear a lot of crinkling, and I apologize for that. But we gotta. We gotta do what we gotta do to release Snout Spout from his plastic tomb. We pulled him, pulled him all the way off, and now we have his accessories here on the side. I'm just gonna go ahead and pull all these off. These aren't, these aren't held on by anything, so there's no, no problemo there. Snout Spout is your typical, typical Motu. He bends, you know, at the, uh, at the elbows and the shoulders. This is the new retro style, not the old five-point style. He can bend at the knees. Very poseable. His head... If you wanted to, you can pop it right off. And I don't know if you can hear that, but Bacon is in the back meowing away. She's she's in need of attention a lot lately. Let's deal with that really quick. Bacon, zip it. I'm in the middle of a very important recording session, and I, I don't need you in the, in the background. So let's let's take a look here at a, a good old snout spot. How it kind of works, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, is there's one head that is attached to the backpack, the backpack that squirts. It's a made of soft plastic, the backpack, not the head, it's made of a little soft plastic, you can put water inside, and it will actually squirt out of his snout. And then they have one that, uh, an alternate head that is a little, a little more, uh, in line with what you might see in, in some, some other universe, but I'm, I'm losing track, I'm trying to put this back together. But this is, this is kind of a more poseable version with a more expressive face. He has, he has eyeballs and stuff. I'm not, I'm not an authority on snout spout, so I honestly can't tell you what the what the difference between the two heads is. This one, the water squirting head is way more armored, and the other one is way more expressive. You can actually see his eyes, but they're both they're both very cool. Right now, I have the uh, the first head, the one that came packaged along with it. I haven't popped the head off, and he has he has an axe, a fireman axe. It's very similar to the axe that a uh, barbecue the the G.I. Joe Fireman carries. I I like that guy. Borb is one of my favorite characters of all the times and all the space. Let's let's see how easily we can pop his head off. Oh, it came off super easy. Let's let's go ahead and assemble Snoot Spoot in the uh in the 
other route. Let's um, other fashion his head. It went right on fairly easy enough. You just gotta apply a little force, and now he has his backpack on. I haven't. Can you hear that? That's the sound when you push on it. If it had water, it would squirt out. When next time there's a big fire around here, I'm gonna bring out Snout Spout, and he can help me battle the uh, battle the blaze. I, I did a very minimal amount of research on Snoutspot as a character, and it turns out that at one point he was going to join the Horde, and the Horde, they took him and they made him into this cybernetic monstrosity that you see before you today. This, uh, this mutant man that's, that's part elephant head, part, part humanoid, and they, they were gonna have him do all kinds of insidious things. I can't imagine what, because his main focus is that he, uh, that he, you know, squirts out water. Maybe they were going to have him squirt out some kind of, some kind of toxins. But at one point he was a young, young blonde fellow that looked a lot like a, a young Prince Adam. And then he became this monstrosity and ended up, he ended up becoming so deranged that he actually turned upon himself and joined the, joined the good guys or something. Like I said earlier though, I'm not, I'm not a massive authority on good old Snout Spout besides, Besides what we've learned today, and we're learning it at the same time, more or less. So there you have it, man. He's he's actually quite cool. I gotta be honest. The backpack's neat. His head has nice movement. I like... I think that I prefer the one with the other snout. The The snout itself is a bit uh, flexible, so he can... He can, like, point it in different directions and squirt, squirt out the fluid. At some point, I'll... I'll actually put water in here, and then I'll let you know how that works out. But I imagine it'll be... That it will be mediocre. A mediocre flow, but again, what do you expect? It's a good story. It's fun. It's great. We all like it. Let's move forward in the show and find out what's going on in the world of Japanese League Baseball. World's Famous. Charge. Charge. This week in Japanese League Baseball, on Tuesday and Wednesday, four representatives of the Central League faced off against four of their counterparts in the Pacific to see which player could hit the most balls over the fence in two minutes. Here are the results, and let me warn you, most of them were not so pretty. Tuesday, Yuki Yanagida, SoftBank Hawks, defeated Shugo Maki, Yokohama Dina Baystars, 2-1, and Hotaka Yamakawa, Saitama Saibu Lions, took down Yusuke Ohiyama, Kanshin Tigers, 5-4. When the two victors faced off to determine who would make it to the finals, Yanagida hit 7 to Yamakawa's 3. Wednesday. Hideto Asamura, Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles, out-homered Teruaki Sato, 2-1, and Brandon Laird, completed the play sweep by edging out Munitaka Murakami, 3-2. In the semis, Laird ousted Asamura, 3-2. The finals featured Laird against Yanagida, with the former winning, 4-3. Congratulations to Brandon, Sushi Boy, Laird. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. Up next, a list of IC Robot's 5 favorite places to eat. Hey, this is me, IC Robots. Big shout out to Derek. Thanks for popping in there, doing this week in Japanese League Baseball. Big shout out to Sushi Boy Laird. That's a that's a big win at the Japanese League Home Run Derby. I I do not eat out a lot. It's not one of my favorite pastimes. I do I do try to watch what I what I ingest. You know, the caloric count, the uh, whatever, the salt. You know, try to stay on the healthy tip. But I do I do go out and I do get food from time to time, and I. 
I started thinking about this. What are my favorite places to go? I was watching, I was watching something and they were talking about some dude's personal favorite restaurant. And I'm like, what is my personal favorite restaurant? Because nothing like immediately jumps out at me. I don't, I don't have, for example, a uh, French laundry, like our, our guy, Governor Gavin Newsom and uh, Gino Vega over there in Napa. I don't have, I don't have like a place that I love over all places unquestionably. So I, I really had to think about this and I kind of, I quantified favorite in, in in this manner. I started thinking, in some ways, your favorite place is kind of, sort of, the place that you go the most. And that's not the only factor involved, but it is a heavy factor because let's say, now let's say that I was lucky enough to go to uh, the French Laundry with, with your guy, Gavin Newsom and, and Gino Vega. Let's say I got to go there. And when I did go, it was, it was marvelous. The food was amazing. I had a great time and I loved it. It was... Just, delightful beyond belief, the best meal I've ever had in my life. But the only time I've been there is the one time. So even though it was the best food I had ever had, I can't really quantify it as my favorite because I only ever did it that one time. For example, let's say you're a karate guy, like you're a karate fighter and you win most of your fights by throwing out like a, a sidekick, like you have this devastating sidekick that you win most of your matches with. But in the past, your sensei had taught you the five finger death touch. Count Dante taught you how to kill with one touch. And you've always wanted to do it to somebody. It seems like an amazing move and you would love to do it, but you don't ever do it because it's complicated. It's very hard to pull off. There's a low chance of success, high chance that you might fall on your face. The fact that you don't use it as much as a sidekick leads me to think the sidekick is your preferred move, not the super dangerous, super dope death touch. If this makes any sense. I think that this is something that we definitely have to factor in. But there are other things, of course, quality of food, the fun you have when you're there. There's many things involved with this. But I, I did try to think of this as logically as possible because I don't have anything that really really just like jumps out at me as my favorite. So we're gonna, we're gonna jump into this. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna learn about some local restaurants. We're gonna learn about things that I like to eat and things I don't like to eat. And it's gonna be a hoot. So with all that said, my guy, Derek, what's number five? Number five. Togo's sandwiches over by Rite Aid. Bro, I go there all the time. Their bread smells really good. Number five on my list is the Togo Sandwiches over by Rite Aid. There used to be two Togo Sandwiches here in town, but the other one was by the by the Kmart that burnt down in the big 2017 fire. And without the without the foot traffic that the Kmart drew, the Togos went under too. It's really sad, but we still we still have a Togos over by the CVS. Togos is a chain that was started in San Jose. I do not know if they have expanded beyond California. I have no idea. I I don't uh, I don't follow Togo's lore as closely as I should. But Togo's is delightful. They have really great bread. They're very generous with the toppings. It has this California vibe on the inside, and we go there all the time. I'm not even kidding. It's close by the house. We drive down there when we want to get something quick. That's also good. Sandwiches are something that you can make in your house, but the but the fixings for the sandwiches are kind of cost prohibitive. Like if you buy all the stuff that's necessary to make like a good Italian sub, you know, you buy the provolone, you buy the meats and the the rolls and the sliced lettuce and all this stuff. If you buy all these things, the the cost of it is so much that you might as well just go down to Togo's and buy an Italian sub. So that's why 
We get sandwiches all the time. Lately, I have been on the tuna sub tip. I haven't, I haven't ventured into tuna subs up until recently, but man, I'm definitely in it to win it. I like, I like the tuna on the roll. I like the tuna with the lettuce. Even the tomatoes, good. They throw in some pickles. It's all, it's all really great. Up until that point, I've gone with their Italian sub, trying to cut down the meat, trying to cut down the salt. So I got to give up the, uh, the salted. The salted meats for the uh, mayonnaise-laden fish. So we go there a lot. I really like it. It's kind of a weird environment on the inside. There's hardly anyone ever in there eating. And for some reason, whenever we go there, we decide to just eat our sandwiches there. I, I'd rather just, like, eat at the place than bring my food home, honestly. Like, I'd rather sit in the McDonald's and eat the burger and then just, like, throw it away and go home than have to, like, bring all the stuff in the car and blah, 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 blah. It's also... It also prohibits you from going somewhere else. For example, you go to the Togo's and you get your Togo's and go back home. Now you're stuck at home. If you eat your sandwich at the Togo's, you might continue on to have some other adventures. You might go to the comic book store. You might go to the record store. You might go to the bookstore. You never know. But if you go home, you're just home. So there you have it. That's my that's my philosophy. I also believe the drive throughs are lazy. And I think that you should just get out of your car and go inside. It's so weird to me. To go up to the place and you see the drive through line is like totally full, but on the inside there's nobody there at all. Like, it's weird to to want to sit in your car and and then like listen to the radio and breathe fumes instead of instead of just like getting out going inside. I don't know. It's usually faster, but that's just that's just my thought on that. Derek, what's up next? Number four. Mambo's Pizza on Mendocino Avenue. That place is pretty good, but I think I preferred it before the remodel, to be honest. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta admit that I, I agree with you, with you there. Mambo's Pizza, to me, is the best pizza in Santa Rosa. It's a nice, thin-crust Chicago pizza. It's delightful. But during the during the lockdown, they did a complete remodel, rehaul of, of the environment. Before, it was like a total dump. It was a dive. They had a mural on the wall, and they would play, like, trip-hop music, and it was... It was pretty cool, pretty wild, but it was a dump, very crowded, but I, I liked that dumpish atmosphere, and it had been dumpish forever. There was something fun about going into a total dump and getting the best pizza in town. I enjoyed it. And over the, and then over the lockdown, they overhauled the entire place. Now it has, like, monitors with, uh, sports and stuff, and they have, like, a full beer bar, and I get it. It's cool, man. It's not, it's not whack in any way. I'm not gonna say that it's whack, but it doesn't have the... It doesn't have the nice joyous atmosphere of the of the dive that it was before, but still, the pizza is fantastic. The pizza is great, and I don't mind going in there despite despite the uh, football that they have on now. It used to have nothing on except for weird music. Now you can see football on TV and hear weird music at the same time, but it's fine. It's something you got to get used to, man. You got to get used to it because the pizza is so good, and it's not. It's honestly not bad. It's not bad. I've been sitting in there watching the Oakland A's on TV, and it's nothing. Nothing wrong with that. I like the Mambo's cheese slice. I like the Mambo's sausage and onions. They have they have so many nice uh, deals going on all the time. You get like a salad and a pizza for like 10 bucks, like a pizza and some breadsticks for like 10 bucks. They have all kinds of specials where you can get like a cold one and slice of pizza. It is really, really a nice place. Plus, it's directly across from the last record store. So every time we go get a slice, we walk over there, see what's up with our guy Jerry, buy a CD or two. And then head back home. It's also near Community Market, which has nice produce. It's it's pretty cool, man. The Big Lots is there, too. So you can do Big Lots. You can walk around in there. You can go get some lettuce. Then you can go in the record store. Then you can get a slice of pizza. And it's all very cool, all very urbane, and very nice. Derek, 
We're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we shall be right back with more uh more restaurants, more local restaurants, more talk about restaurants that you will probably never get to go to because you don't live in Santa Rosa unless you do. World's famous will be right back. Come down to Deza Meatball, home of the big boy. We have Meatballs AS Big AS Softballs. We have Meatballs AS Small AS Marbles. Whatever seats you want, we have it. That's a Meatball, home of the big boy. Meatballs are happiness my friend and we have Meatballs and Meatballs and more Meatballs. Featuring Meatballs that come stuffed with sauce or stuffed with cheese. Whatever you want, we will fill it for you. That's a meatball, home of the big boy. That's a meatball. New locations in Menlo Park and San Bruno, near the old recycling center on Walker Boulevard. We now return you to the list. Number 3. Betty's English Fish and Chips on Highway 12. Over by the computer repair shop. Betty's Fish and Chips, formerly known as Betty's English Fish and Chips, is a Rankin Valley institution. As long as we have lived in Rankin Valley, which was way back in like 1983, Betty's English Fish and Chips has been there. Back in the day, they had a big British flag flying in the front, and the decor was all like pub style. But over the years, at some point, they ditched the they ditched the European motif, and now they're just Betty's Fish and Chips. But they are such a good place, bro. What they sell? They sell fish and chips. They sell fish and chips. That's all they got. They do have, like, you know, a couple other things on the menu, like a cod burger or whatever, but it's all fish and chips all the time, and it is so good. I kid you not. It's like the best fish and chips I've ever had in my entire life. I love them. I love that place. I go there all the time. The same people have been working there as long as I've been going there. There's like a big strapping dude with a beard who's in the back, redheaded guy, red beard, who's like like frying up the fish, the same waitress, the same girl at the cash register. It's all the same as long as I've been here and it's amazing. I love to go to this place. It's small, it's cramped, and it's full of local Rinkin Valley people. It is just great. It's right across the street from this old folks uh, motorhome place. And it seems like every time you go in there, it's full of old folks motorhome people. Rando Rinkin Valleyites. I just, I think this place is great. The, the breading is light and crispy. The fish is moist and delicious. The uh, French fries are just great. They are never difficult about like splitting up a plate because sometimes we'll go in and we'll order like a four piece and we'll split it. They're just like, whatever, bro, whatever you want. They don't give you trouble about splitting things because I'm, I'm, I'm like a splitter. You know, I don't, I don't a lot of times feel like we need like the order two full on things because we're, we're trying to watch our figures, dude. It's going to be bikini season. Your boy wants to get back in the two piece. And it's like, I want to, I want to, I want to do divvy it up and they're cool with it. They're fine. They don't mind if you order one, four instead of two twos. I like it. It's your way. They also have these amazing fried zucchinis. Uh, every time we go, you got to get the appetizer, get the fried zucchinis, a little bit of ranch. And then on your way out, you got to get a lemon cloud pie. These are Sonoma County Fair Award winning lemon pies. They are amazing. Right next to the place they have a little bake shop where they make all the pies on the spot and it is just awesome. If you live in Santa Rosa and you've never been to Betty's English Fish and Chips you gotta go there. You gotta go there now. It's great. I love it. I go there all the heckin' time. Let's find out what what could possibly be better than that. What's your guy Icy Robot's number two favorite restaurant of all the time in space? Number two 
Crystal's Corner, over by the Whole Foods and what used to be the blockbuster video on Yalupa Avenue. Number two is Crystal's Corner. Crystal's Corner is a donut shop that also serves food. We go there all the time, and every time I go there, I have such a good time. It's nice inside. The people who run it are very cool. The atmosphere is like... It's very donut shop, if you know what I'm saying. It, it, it's like a donut shop that serves food, and the atmosphere is like a donut shop that serves food. They they mostly sell they mostly sell the donuts, and the donuts are delightful. Sometimes we stop in there and we just get a donut and a coffee, but sometimes we stop in there and they get food. Over the years, we went through this thing where we're into the Crystal's Corner breakfast plate. You can get two sausages or bacon's and two eggs and a hash brown for like for like $4 for like 3.99 and one of the cool things is the hash browns are fried in the same grease that they make the egg roll so the hash browns have this egg roll flavor it's amazing i i think this place is great we go through the breakfast plate sometimes we get the chopped suey they have they have like an asian menu it's all like really like americanized uh, asian food like chopped sueys like chow mains like teriyakis and and things of that sort but they're all super good as far as flavor they taste great they make fantastic homemade egg rolls there they have like these vietnamese style egg rolls they're very light they're very crispy you can get four for five bucks they have french dip sandwiches they have hamburgers they have fish sandwiches everything you would ever want they have like a snack bar board in the back with like the letters that you imprint on it they have a board with like a picture of all the different sandwiches it is like the nicest place and we go there all the time there's like a stack of newspapers sitting on one of the tables so you can sit there flip through the paper eat your donut it's like our after the flea market place if we're at the flea market we got a little money left we're like hey Let's go see what we can get into over at Crystal's Corner for like this five bucks that we have left in cash. And we go buy a couple donuts, buy a couple egg rolls, drink a cup of coffee, and it is all good and fun. Crystal's Corner in Bennett Valley, I cannot recommend it highly enough. If you're looking for some nice, super inexpensive, super tasty food on the fried and egg roll grease tip. Derek, we're ready. Let's go on to what is number one. Number one. The 7-Eleven on Mission Boulevard. Bro, I go there sometimes. That place is a dump and there are always tweakers hanging around. Oh yeah, absolutely. That place is a dump and there are always tweakers out front. I don't know what the deal is. I go to the 7-Eleven on Mission Boulevard to get food. I'm not even kidding. Once or twice a week. It's right. It's right near the park. The park that we go and we feed the ducks and we go and we hike around. And on the way back, we wind up going to the 7-Eleven and either getting a big bite hot dog or a couple taquitos, or a couple hard-boiled eggs, and a big gulp, and it always costs like $3.99, and we're always so happy to get like, to get like this food that we enjoy. The Big Bite hot dogs are fantastic, and they're like $1.99. A big gulp is a ton of diet soda for like 99 cents. This 7-Eleven is like our spot. We buy our food, our hot dog, we sit there, we eat it in the parking lot, we throw it in the garbage, and we go. While all the while watching the weird tweakers who hang out out front. There are always tweakers out front. I'm not even kidding. All ways. But I gotta say, it adds to like this really weird atmosphere. Because I live in a pretty nice community. It's a pretty nice spot. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but it's a nice spot. And you go to this like super dump 7-Eleven, eat a hot dog in the parking lot while watching weird drug-addicted goofballs. And it gives you this feeling that you're in some kind of, like, scary uh, Streets of San Francisco type vibe. And I dig it. I dig the convenience. I dig the whole thing. You go in there, you tell the homie, 
you want the wiener, he gives you the wiener. Then you go to the uh, the wiener stand and you put on the onions and you put on the cheese and you put on the chili and you put on all the stuff and it's great. These are plump, delicious hot dogs. They also serve pizza and I'm not going to lie, the pizza in there looks like elementary school cafeteria pizza and I want it. I've never tried it, but I want it. They sell these hamburgers that are like smush meat cafeteria style hamburgers and they are great. I had one yesterday. We went to the movies. We saw a bullet train over at Summerfield. I thought it was pretty fun. Wasn't amazing, but it was fun. I had a good time with it. My uncle went, the wife went, and then after we uh, parted ways with my uncle, we went over there and we got two taquitos and a soda and we ate it in the parking lot. And then we went back to the park and we fed the ducks the leftover popcorn and it was all super fun and I had a good time. I love this 7-Eleven. I love the treats they have in there. They have all kinds of chips. They have candy. They have hard boiled eggs. They have everything. And it's honestly my favorite place to eat. If I could go over there now and get one, it's a little... A little far to go get a big bite. It's on the other side of Rigan Valley. But if I were over neither, I would get a big bite right now and I would have it. Don't look down your nose at me. So there you have it. My favorite place to eat, 7-Eleven over on Mission Boulevard. Go there now. It is ISR 5 Mike Restaurant approved. Butterfly in the sky. episode of Reading Rainbow. This is the part where I talk about the things that I read last week. I like to read, man. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of a voracious reader as they say. I'm always working on a book, working on a comic book, working on a magazine all at the same times. Let's uh let's just take uh take a peek. I got I got a small little stack of things. When when I finish something, I put it in the stack and then I keep it and then I I can talk about the stack. The first thing is I read this I read this book called Under a Graveyard Sky by this guy named John Ringo. And this is, this is like a zombie deal. But the deal with this is like the people are all like super survivalists. And they're all ready. They're all prepared. And when the zombies come, they say their secret zombie code word. And they all like take to sea in, in yachts. And I don't know, man. They're they're starting some kind of a society out at, out at sea. This is, this is like very pro-military, I guess is what you would say. It's kind of, kind of almost like a right-wing book in a, in a lot of ways. Everybody's, like, very prepared. Everybody's, like, super into guns. Everybody's, like, super into military lingo and all this stuff. And this is, like, this is, like, not how your dude lives, lives his life. I'm a very, very peaceful bro, very gentle guy. But it's, it's interesting to read these things that are fantasies for, like, people that are different than you. It's nice, nice just to kind of, like, put yourself in their shoes and see what, what that's all about. But the, the book itself was okay. I enjoyed it, actually. Honestly, it was it was kind of trashy. It was kind of trash, I guess. But it was it was like fun trash. This is part of an eight book series, and I think I think I'm gonna go ahead and go on on the online. Maybe go down to paperbacks and limited and see if I can if I can find this book. What I do is I always when I'm looking for a specific book, I always give paperbacks and limited over on Highway 12. I give them the first shot. I go down and look, and frequently, very much, quite often, if I'm looking for like a trashy paperback, I do in fact find it there. But if they don't have it. Then I go on the online. I go on eBay. I go to Thrift Books, and I, I order it from there. They're very inexpensive. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I might be able to find the sequel to this over at the paperbacks because I know they have a big John Ringo section. John Ringo 
He's popular amongst the Paperbacks Unlimited crew. Then I, I read a comic, Devil's Reign, one of six. This is the big uh, Marvel event involving all the street-level Daredevil characters. I, I did not read this when it came out. It just finished right now. I often, um, I avoid the, the big crossover events if it doesn't seem like earth-shattering because I don't want to... I don't want to buy the tie-in books, you know what I mean? I'll just grab the uh, the trade paperback later. But I was over at the at the new Fantasy Books and Games, rather. What I meant to say was the new Outer Plains. It's called OP Games. Outer Plains is the, the, the big local comic store. I've had my ups and downs with them over the years, but I am trying to, trying to keep it on an up. And I went over to their new place, which is kind of by Cottingtown. I think they used to sell pianos in there, but it's... It's massive. It's an upstairs, downstairs, and it's very nice. Very, very nice, honestly. One of the best comic stores I've ever been in is as far as, like, interior space. It's very bright. They have, like, these big sky... It's it's a gorgeous building. They have, like, this whole gaming section upstairs. But they had... They were having a sale. All the back issues were a dollar. So I, I got, like, a big stack of stuff. And the first one I've had the chance to go through is this, uh... This Devil's Reign. And what the... What the idea is is that, like, at some point, they they outed Matt Murdock as Daredevil, like, years ago. And then they wanted to put the genie back in the bottle. They wanted more stories where Matt Murdock was uh, secretly Daredevil. So they did some kind of kind of a gimmick where, I don't know, magic or, or whatever. But everybody in the world forgot that Matt Murdock was Daredevil. The Kingpin also forgot, but he remembers that he forgot. He knows at one point that he knew who Daredevil was, but he cannot remember, and he confronts Daredevil. At this point, Kingpin is the mayor of New York. Wilson Fisk is the mayor. He confronts Daredevil, and he's like, look, bro, I know that you did something. I know that you you did something to make me forget, and if you just tell me, if you just tell me that you did this, we'll, we'll call it even, and, and, and we'll go on with our lives, but Daredevil, you know, Flips in the metaphorical bird and's like, whatever, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. So Fisk gets really mad, and as mayor, he outlaws superheroes in New York. And then the big the big ending of the issue is that he's going to he's going to run for president. That's the that's the whole hook of the devil's reign, is that Wilson Fisk is running for president. I think that's interesting. I would not be surprised to see the Marvel TV shows give go in that direction. That was written by Chip Zdarsky. So Darsky's a really good uh, Daredevil writer, bro. When when he first came around, I was like, what's this guy? This guy's name is Chip. I don't know. Seems like a gimmick. But it turns out he's actually quite good. And I also read Detective, and I saw in Detective that he's going to write Batman. And I think that's that's something to look out for if you're in the comic gig. And then I, uh, I read a catalog. I went to this rummage sale over at the Grange, and I bought a giant envelope full of uh, newspaper clippings and all this stuff, like newspaper scraps from the... From the 80s. It turned out there was an entire newspaper from 1983 in there. I'm going to scan some of this stuff up and post it. But there was this this catalog called Super Life. It was from May of 1994. And it's like it's like a sharper image catalog full of gadgets and stuff. But I, I love like old-timey gadgets. There's, there's things for you to copy. VHS tapes, copyrighted VHS tapes. There's like a 600-disc uh, CD player. There's like a didgeridoo. I'm just kind of... I'm kind of flipping through it. There's... Various weird how-to videos, tricky pillows, how to how to ease your pain with acupuncture, like one of those chairs we can dangle upside down, things like things like that, things that like investment bankers would have bought back in the '90s, things that you would find in Patrick Bateman's apartment, as it were. But I I used to subscribe to the Sharper Image catalogs back when back when that was in effect. I just love those gadgets. It's always fun to get. I'm trying to think. Was there anything else that I read? And nothing nothing's really jumping out at me. 
to be honest. But uh, I, I did have a nice week. I, I mostly read this John Ringo book, honestly. I kind of like dug into the Ringo and I was determined to finish it by, by the time the week was out. And then I... Then I read this Daredevil. Oh, I read the newspaper every day. I get the newspaper delivered to my house, press Democrat. I think that it's worthwhile to support journalism, especially local journalism. If you still have a newspaper where you are, I would recommend subscribing to, at the very least, the online. Because, dude, if you want, like, good journalism in the world, if you want people to go out there and find out the facts, these people have to get paid, man. You can't trust these amateur journalists, these bloggers, these podcast idiots. You can't trust anybody out there. You can't trust any of these yahoos. Let's leave it to the the pros. I subscribe to the Press Democrat. I think it's very much worthwhile. It's nice. Before we get up out of here, I think we're we're up on it. The the county fair was uh this past couple weeks here in in Sonoma County. I did not go. I wasn't I wasn't quite feeling going into like a super big crowd yet with this monkey pox and all this stuff out there. So I I declined. Maybe next year. I honestly don't even go to the fair every year. It's fun. It is really fun, but. It's not something I feel like I have to take in every single year because it's by and large the same old, same old. But it's good, same old, same old. But I've been there 8,000 times. So I did not go, but uh, our guy Joe the Patron, Joe Nobody, did in fact go and he did some amateur judging of the uh, youth art contest. And our guy went out there, wrote some supportive notes, left some little gifts for these kids who may not have been the official winners, but we're the winners in Joe's heart. So I gotta give, gotta give a big shout out to Joe Nobody and the Working Class Scooter Club doing some good work here in Santa Rosa, man, honestly. It's nice to see good people doing good stuff. They, they gave out some uh, last record store certificates, as it were, which is also super cool, because maybe these kids will go over there, they'll get into record collecting, they'll get into buying CDs, maybe they'll discover some new music from our guy Jerry over at the store. I know not, but at the very least, the thought was there, and the attempt was there. I gotta, I gotta give it up to him for actually doing something. You know, he's been a trash buster in the past. Now he's out there supporting the youth. Big up to the guy, Joe Nobody, Joe the Patron. We send much love to you. And with all that said, I think we're gonna call it, man. We've talked about restaurants, we talked about butterflies. I miss my butterfly, honestly. I... I go out for walks, and I, I look around, and I hope that maybe I'll see him. I hope he's doing good. I thought I did spot him the other day, but the one that I that I, that I spotted was a little more white than he had on him. So maybe this was one of his homies. I'm going to go out there and think that. But that was that was a magical experience, and I was glad to share that with you. I hope he's doing great. Let's send a shout-out to Joe. Let's send a shout-out to my butterfly out there. Until we meet again soon enough. This is me, I see a robot saying, you know, like, what's going on in the news? Go out there and make some of your own. Alright, man, we're bringing all this. And you know, I got to have that. Some people, some people, some people, some people, some people listen for history. Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack. Now look at you, you sit and stand, bite your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite. Live out the first law and make yourself preservation. If the show doesn't help you, change the station. If you don't want peace in the world, love, peace, and happiness in an endless world. If all you want to do is keep the whole world back, you're the one that's whack. And we're world's, world's, world's famous. Check it out. I like to thank everybody. I like to thank all the engineers for making this record. I like to thank you for buying this record. Yo, slick, blow. That's right. I see robots. Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, 
Consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Wow. Oh dear. Retro. Sushi boy, Blair. I like the tuna on the roll. I like the tuna with the lettuce. I like the tuna on the roll. I like, I like the tuna on the roll. The tuna with the lettuce. The tuna with like the lettuce. The Sushi boy, Blair. Sushi boy, Blair. It is all good and fun. It is all good and fun. 